0: This is How We See It, a look at issues that impact our faith and community.
1: For the next few minutes, we'll explore topics with people who are making a difference in our world. Have you ever wondered what seminary is all about? What goes on at a seminary? Is it like college or is there more to it? Do you learn how to chant? Do you have to learn Latin and other languages? Well, these questions or more will be answered in this edition of How We See It. I'm John Morris, and today... We welcome in two seminarians who are home for the summer and doing some pastoral work at our Bay Area parishes. They're Tyler Gates, who is studying at St. Vincent de Paul, and Vincent Washburn, who's at St. Joseph's in Covington, Louisiana. Guys, thanks for coming in, Tyler. Uh, You're right next door. That's right. At Christ the King. How are they treating you there? Great. Keeping me busy. Well, that's all you can say, really. You've got to stay busy and you've got to say they're teaching you great things. It's great. There you go. And what about you, Vincent? I'm at St. Raphael's in St. Petersburg for the summer, so it's been great. One of the most beautiful parish settings in our diocese. Have you gotten to fish or do anything in
2: the water there? Not yet. A little bit. I've been out on the water a lot, but yeah, slowly but surely. So how long are you guys in town?
0: I'm here till the end of August, and then I head back down
1: to South Florida. Okay, and Vincent, same for you. you? I go back up to Louisiana at the beginning of August. Okay. Yep. During the summer, do you come back every year to the diocese, or do you— I know in some, some instances, you might have to do study abroad over a summer or over a certain time, but uh, do you come back to the diocese every summer and work a different
2: parish? How's does that work, Vincent? So far, this first summer, we both got parish assignments, um, so I believe— over the subsequent summers, um, we might get different Hospital or
1: something like that, maybe?
2: Whatever, hospital, ministry, uh, parish assignments, priestly formation program.
1: Let's start with you, Tyler. Tell me about yourself, what parish you grew up in, and a little bit about your faith journey.
0: Yeah, so I have one younger brother. My uh, parents moved from New York when I was one. And, um, yeah, we live in Palm Harbor. I used to go to Light of Christ in Clearwater. Okay until i went to florida state and when i came back i
1: changed parishes okay and so uh when you changed parishes where you where you
0: yeah so my home parish now is christ the king okay so that's also where my summer assignment is so the thought was for me to be able to get to know the people at christ the king more um and to be at a parish that is very vibrant and to get those experiences to help me in future ministry.
1: Do you remember how old you were and what, what it felt like when you thought, mm, maybe seminary's for me? I mean, you went to Florida State to get your uh, your BA, I guess, and was it there where you said, you know, maybe there's more to this?
0: Yeah, so felt the call probably around junior year of high school. I was an altar server all through middle school and high school, and really there was kind of this. the Lord was tugging on my heart decided to continue on going to college and went to Florida state and got a bachelor's degree in biology. And during my time at Florida state, I was involved with the Catholic student union. And yeah, just kind of looking back, there was definitely that call consisted of different experiences that I had at Florida state. And so when I came back to the diocese, the call that had been there six, seven years before was still there. Mm. And uh, yeah, the Lord was still calling me to it. And I definitely, Was like for I I needed to answer it, and it obviously took longer than expected. But I'm glad that I finally said yes. Sure.
1: Were you involved in youth group at all? I was. So I was involved with Edge
0: uh, in middle school, and
1: then Life Teen in high school. Did you ever express these feelings to your parents about seminary? Seminary.
0: Uh, I think they had a feeling. Yeah. When I officially told them, they weren't that surprised. It's, yeah, it's something that I was kind of open with, with my parents and my parents have always been very, they've been great examples of the faith. My dad was a convert and both of my parents raised my brother and I in the faith and I don't think they're very
1: surprised. Yeah. did you ever, uh, Father Bill Wilson was the pastor there for a time at, at Light of Christ, right? Still is. Did you ever express anything to him?
0: No. So actually Father Bill was right at the end of when I was at Light of Christ, Father Jacob Montleone. Okay. Who is now at Christ the King is one of the main reasons why I, I'm in seminary. He's been a huge influence on myself. And I know several other priests in the diocese, also Father Chuck. And just his example of the faith and just his joy of the priesthood was what was so attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and so that's why it was it was a lot easier to say yes to seminary and to the priesthood.
1: Now, Vincent, you stayed closer to home. You went to University of South Florida. When did you feel that call to the priesthood?
2: So um, it's funny. I wanted to be a priest when I was a very little kid, and that didn't last very long. So as a, as I was growing up, I went through a whole list of different things I wanted to be when I grew up. When I was graduating high school is when I started to take the call more seriously and again, uh, much like Tyler, it was uh, an encounter with a priest, the pastor at my home parish, his example of priesthood, his joy that made me realize this is not so far-fetched for me. Maybe the Lord is also calling me to a similar kind of life that's not impossible. Uh, so I continued discerning and throughout college. So as I was graduating high school and throughout college, I I continued discerning. And then here yeah. I am.
1: So what about did your parents? Were they surprised when you?
2: They were very surprised when I told them. Uh, I I don't know if th- my family probably saw it coming. I was I was always involved in the church, um, always loved the faith, and yeah, definitely some difficult reactions at first. But um, they've they've been very supportive throughout mm-hmm. the whole process, also. Mm-hmm. So it's been good.
1: How seminary life exciting? Yeah. How
2: how yeah. so? Because all your expectations go right out the window as soon as you get there, and I mean that in a good way. You might have all these expectations built up as to what. What the seminary is like, or
1: what are those? What are those expectations like? That
2: everything can be very formal. Um, that you're you're praying, you know, ten hours a day, morning, noon, and night. You're always praying and whatnot. Which uh, there's definitely a very intense aspect of prayer, which is good. But you quickly find out, like these are a bunch of normal guys who just love to have fun and love the Lord and love each other and are there to. Discern where the Lord is calling them. If this is if this is the path the Lord is asking them to take to serve Him in His Church. So yeah, definitely very exciting in a good way. Now you're at Saint
1: Joseph's, mm-hmm. which is a different twist than what Tyler's doing here uh, in, here in the state of Florida. Very different. Are there a lot of men from Florida, or because of the region of where that is, are they coming in from all over the country, or what's the dynamic like there?
2: So Saint Joseph's is made. A, it's the largest seminary college in the country. So there's guys from about six or seven different states there all across the southeast. So this year is the first year that Florida guys showed up in any sort of large numbers. So there was nine of us from the Diocese of St. Petersburg and six guys from the Diocese of Pensacola, Tallahassee, who showed up, either started brand new this past year or transferred in from other seminaries. So, but there's guys from Texas, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Tennessee. So, yeah, all across the Southeast.
1: What classes have been a challenge for you?
2: So philosophy, that's mainly what we study in, in pre-theology and at the college seminary. Philosophy can be very challenging because it's it's abstract, very abstract. And so if you're more a concrete thinker, which I tend to be, it can be an adjustment. So that was definitely a challenge for me at first, you know, really getting outside the box in your thought process and and why do human beings do what they do? Why do we interact with each other the way that we do? Why do our societies function, or, or why are they structured the way that they are? All things you didn't necessarily maybe expect to study going into seminary. Again, maybe that's one of the expectations you're constantly going to be studying. Things pertaining to the Catholic faith, which uh-huh. is not true. Uh, so
1: Now, you know, you mentioned the expectations a couple times here. Mm-hmm. Are those expectations due to what we our own perceptions of what might be going on or something that maybe was planted in through Hollywood. There's not a lot of priest movies out there or seminary and type movies. Right. Where do you think those expectations came from?
2: I definitely just probably not having lived that experience before and you only hear so much about it, you know, it's really something you have to you have to really live to know in its Entirety.
1: Well, there's a it's a small population of men that are called. So right, you know they're they're not sharing a lot about that. Other than if you you're actually looking to go there, and I, I guess for a let's say for a high school football recruit, let's say you've got coaches and players coming in and out to try to recruit you to go there. It's a little bit different for a seminarian or, or someone who might be considering going into a seminary system. Right. What about for you, Tyler? What's uh, what's been what's been a blessing for you at at Saint Vincent de Paul?
0: Yeah, I would say the brotherhood there. I also kind of I echo what Vincent said in the aspect of having these expectations of what seminary is like. I thought it was just going to be a bunch of guys who were kind of maybe outcasts, but these are some of my best friends, and they're guys who we see each other's weaknesses, we see each other's strengths. We have a good time. We, we work hard in our classes and obviously with with praying and doing literally do the hours and mass and all that. But we also make the time to enjoy ourselves, to play games, to go swim or whatever it may be.
1: Is there a, a fear or a different feeling so both of you guys went to the traditional public university systems. You know, you may have stayed in town. Uh, Tyler, I know you went to Tallahassee. So there's a little bit of nervousness your freshman year when you first go up. You're kind of unsure. But now going to a seminary, that's a different ball game. Did you have the same sort of feeling that you had going into your freshman year at Florida State that you had going into seminary? Or did you feel maybe, hey, I've done this before. It looks different, but... It is a whole new ball game. Did you did you have still that trepidation?
0: Yeah, so I would definitely say there was a little bit of nervousness just with a new experience. Never I had never seen the seminary before I walked on campus, which is not typical. Most right. guys they go to a come and see weekend, which is normally when they'll go to the seminary and see what is it like in the day of a seminarian. But I had never done that. And so taking that leap of faith was definitely difficult. But knowing that I was giving the Lord a yes, knowing that he, yeah, he would provide and I was, that he would pave the way. I think definitely it was a little nervousness, but having already gone to Florida State, my classes, I think my smallest class had maybe 25 people and the largest had over 600. Wow. So now in a class where there's 11 of us, the professor knows your name. The professor knows who you are. They care about you. They want you to succeed that was completely different than what I experienced when I was at Florida State. Most of the time, you are a number. And so it's good at the seminary because they not only care about you academically, but they care about you in human formation and spiritual formation. They want what's best for you and for the Catholic Church because if this is what the Lord is calling you to, they're going to give you the tools to be able to be the best priest you can be.
1: This is gonna be a difficult question to answer you said, you know, they want you to succeed. Have you ever felt like this guy's trying to trip me up? I mean, there's some pluses to that because they want you to stretch. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've seen that in the military movies and so forth. We're here to trip you up. We're going to weed you out. Mm -hmm. I remember those classes in college. You had to take those basic classes to advance to the higher level, and they intentionally tried to weed you out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was organic chemistry. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we, we all had those, man. It was intro to broadcast for me. So uh, then you know you got into broadcast
2: law, and it was, uh,
1: but I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Have, have y'all experienced that
2: at all? Uh, I would say, I would say no. I would say at Saint Joseph's at least, like they're there to give you all the help that you need to succeed, and they want to see you do well. All the professors, even the lay professors, uh, who are just regular men and women who are there working a job, teaching classes and whatnot, even they want to succeed and see you become a priest. I think there's an understanding in seminary formation that when it comes to weeding out or, or guys discerning out, as we would say, uh, that's more so the work of the Holy Spirit, you know, guiding a man to decide, is this what the Lord is calling me to, or is the Lord calling me to another path? And they certainly want to encourage you to, to listen to that, uh, to listen to the Lord's voice in your heart and where he's, where he's leading you. But they want to see you succeed in whatever that path is, whether it's discerning out and, and following another path or whether it's to the priesthood. Tyler
1: mentioned something a moment ago, Vincent, about, the you know, a typical day in the life of a of a seminarian. What's a day in the life of a seminarian look like?
2: At St. Joseph's. Yes. So we start pretty early in the morning. 7.15 is morning prayer. And so we gather for communal prayer twice a day. So morning prayer and mass together in the morning, one follows the other. And then evening prayer in the evenings, after before dinner, after all of our classes are over. And then in between that, so in between mass and evening prayer, classes go pretty much the whole day. So How many classes do you take? I don't know, what's a load for a semester? A regular load would be five or six classes, usually about five. So, And that could take up your whole day or different portions of the day. And so in between that... Uh, at St. Joseph's, we have a health and wellness program, so a fitness program that we're all required to participate in. So that's 45 minutes a day, four days a week in the gym. So that's scheduled, and, you know, you're expected to show up at that particular time. So y'all playing dodgeball and stuff like that? We do all that. Dodgeball, <laughs> we've got all the sports. we got all the sports you can think of. So. Good. Yeah, and that's a Louisiana thing, too. That's part of their, their culture. <laughs> right. They love to, They love to do all that kind of stuff, so.
1: What's your classes, if I can ask? What, what are you taking
2: this semester? This upcoming semester? Or last semester? Last semester. So last year uh, was language, so I took a year of Latin, which is required. Uh, so that was one class that I took, which went really well. And then I took philosophy classes, so ancient philosophy, medieval philosophy, and other philosophy, so med- metaphysics, logic. Then some theology classes, so a class on the creed that was called Profession of Faith, and then another class on sort of, it was called funda- fundamental theology. So it's sort of a broad uh, look at at how did, how does the study of theology sort of develop over time? Did you find them?
1: You know, some classes you're like, ah, these are chores. I've got, I've got to, I've got to just power through this. And others are
2: fascinating. You can't wait to go back and learn more. Did you have any of those experiences? I did for sure. I think that's kind of <laughs> natural. You know, some things are more interesting to people than others. So, of course, in seminary, the theology classes, I think most seminarians are probably disposed to be interested in that—in th- in those type of classes. Um, the, ph- the philosophy, it comes and goes. So, yeah. you know, it depends on the class. Tyler, for you, same curriculum, pretty much?
0: Yeah, so philosophy was somewhat difficult for me because going to Florida State, I was a biology degree, which is very concrete. How Vincent was talking earlier, that a philosophy is very abstract. So changing that mindset was a little difficult the first semester for me. I would say that logic and uh, epistemology, which are two philosophy classes, were a little bit more difficult for me than ancient philosophy and medieval. I would say probably my favorite class so far has been my catechism classes, which I've never actually opened up the book of the catechism. So really reading the catechism and being able to digest it and not only to be able to understand it, but to articulate it to other people, because it can be difficult to understand. So being able to articulate to people for us to be able to understand what the
1: Catholic Church teaches and why we teach it. One thing I found fascinating when I've heard seminarians talk and other priests is that there are a lot of lay instructors, mm-hmm. lay teachers, and I thought mm-hmm. they were all priests <laughs> uh, or, or, or sisters or something, but how many lay Professors, do you guys have?
2: Uh, the majority of them are lay people. Yeah. So, the thing in the, in the pre theology program is I have a lot of the same professors. So, there's a number of professors who teach the higher up classes uh, and they'll teach several of them. So, I have a smaller pool. So, I'm not getting uh, the professors that are teaching like the basic math, science, English, those type of classes uh, who are also all lay people. But one of the good things about that is that Tyler was mentioning earlier, like they get to know your name. You get to know them personally. They get to work with you one on one. So, yeah, most of them, but most of them are lay people. And there's some priests as well who teach uh, some of the, you know, the theology classes and, and whatnot. So
0: what about you? Yeah, for me, I had only two lay professors. So my Spanish professor, the language department is lay people. And then also my epistemology and logic professor was also a lay person. Him and his wife are professors at the seminary. So kind of against, uh, different than Vincent, it's more religious, more priests and nuns than it is uh, lay
1: people. Do you ever get to leave campus? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, like to come, like if you're a St. Vincent de Paul, do you ever get out, hey, oh, I got a weekend getaway, I'm driving up to Tampa?
0: Yeah, so I mean for break, so we have obviously spring break and we have fall break and we're home for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. No, so it's those
1: are like regular those breaks, college yeah. when you're and away.
0: Yeah, and then also we get 3 weekends off a semester that we can come home or whatever it may be. So last in the fall I flew to Dallas to visit a friend and his wife. So we can definitely get off campus. And the aspect of during the week as long as you know you get your stuff done, you can, you know, we have our obligations like Vincent was saying, we have we have morning prayer and mass and then evening prayer, and I have my classes in the morning. But there's a few times where maybe I'll go to a coffee shop and get some schoolwork done, or the beach is only 10 minutes away, so sure. maybe sit on the beach and read a book or whatever it may be. But I found it very important to be able to get off campus because it's very easy when you're on the campus for it to feel like it's just that and to kind of be away from society. But as future priests who are going to be with families in the parish, these people live in the society. They're working in the workforce. They're, their kids go to school. And so being able to relate to these people, because we're not discerning a monastic life, we're going to be with families. So being able to be with the people is super important.
1: And I guess that leads to the question, you know, was it hard for you to give up the quote, normal life to go into the you know more of the church life, or do, do you feel like you've given that up at all?
0: Yeah, I would say I would say it can be difficult at some points. I mean, obviously the seminary is very different than a public university, and but I don't feel like I gave up my social life or gave up my. There's sacrifices, but we're 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 still. You know, I still call people, I still meet up with friends and stuff like that. So I don't feel that I gave up, like my friends and my family. Sure.
2: What about you, Vincent? Uh, I would say something very similar. I don't don't think it's certainly a very different life than what you were living before, but there's also a freedom in sort of giving up the life that I had before for the life that I'm living now. So, but I don't feel like I've changed at all. You know, I've gained so many new friends and and brothers in the seminary and and my old friends didn't go anywhere, you know, and, and I didn't, you know, I'm living in a different state most of the year now, of course, but, you know we still talk on a regular basis. When I come home, we still hang out. I still talk to my family on a regular basis. So yeah, uh, it's different, but uh, it's different in a good way.
1: You guys stay in touch with what's going on at the, at the Vatican, let's say. I mean, it seems like the, because of social media, there's more information out there. Some of it is sketchy. Do you have an opportunity to, do you guys talk about that? Like, or the I, political stuff that's gone, gone on here in the last couple of months. Right.
0: Yeah. I think it's important to know what information are we looking at? What is what, what is it coming off of social media? What kind of news outlet it is coming off of? Because that's with anything, not even with the church. Sure. And so I think it's important for us to get the facts and to know what is truth and what is not true. And yeah, there's always rumors. You know, there's always rumors about different things or... Oh this is going to happen or that's not going to happen. I mean, great example. I don't know if anyone specifically myself, I've been to the march for life. I never thought I would see Roe v Wade overturned. And praise God. Praise God. And it's it's one of those things where it's it's the Lord in due time. He obviously has a plan. Whatever happens happens. I mean, we have to be able to trust him and I don't Yeah, I don't I don't really think we talk too too much about things that go on in the Vatican, uh, and if it's super important and it's real, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, and it's true, we're going to hear about it. But there's there's a lot of rumors that that occur.
2: Yeah, I would say I would say the same thing. There's no like bug line from the Vatican to us where we're getting like direct information no, before yeah. everybody else. So, uh, you know, when when things come about, like I, one thing I've been impressed by is how much seminarians are responsible with with hearing rumors and, and different things like that. We're not we're not so quick to believe Everything, uh, all that you of read. everything that we read, so we're we're very conscious of the fact that there's a lot of misinformation out there, and and you know just surrender. We're all learning how to trust the Lord with our own personal lives, and so I think that sort of flows into our view of the world, also. Sure, you know, trust the Lord that what will happen will happen, and, and He'll still be there to take care of us. So, so
1: you guys, I'm guessing in your mid twenties, early yeah.
2: early to mid twenties. Yes, I'm
1: 24. Okay, so young adults, and in the couple of minutes that we have left, what can the church do better? to serve. You guys went to a a public university and, you know, there's that whole, once you leave high school, you don't go to church as much. You kind of fall away from the faith a little bit until you get married and have a baby and say, "Eh, we got to get them baptized. And then you get kind of back into it. What can the church do a better job of, in your opinion, either one of you? Foundation
0: for edge, you know, middle school youth group and high school youth group. My praise God, I had a really good middle school and high school youth group and i went off to college i went to a public university and i got involved with the catholic student union and that was one of the best things i could have done because these were people that were striving after the lord we went to mass together we would hang out and we would we you know we would have bible studies and all that and these are friends that i'll be friends with for the rest of my life i mean last weekend i flew to wisconsin for one of my roommates from the Catholic student union, his son was baptized and I was the Godfather. Mm. This upcoming weekend, one of my other roommates is getting married. So these are men specifically that I'm speaking about who we, our relationship is centered around the Lord. And when you find those friends who are like-minded, who have the Catholic faith, they say the people that you surround yourself with are who you're gonna become. And so the biggest thing is finding that unit in middle school, high school, and in college, specifically in college, when it's now your responsibility to decide, am I going to keep going to church? Am I going to, you know, am I still going to say that I'm Catholic? Am I going to live out these values? So I would say definitely having that foundation before going to college, but then also making sure that we're surrounding ourselves with like-minded people.
1: Vince, anything, Dad?
2: I think being visible uh, is, is one important thing. I, you know, like Tyler was involved in the, in the Catholic Student Center, and as, as was I at USF when I was there. And I think the church being visible and present, especially to young people who can be so confused and so misguided, I think the church being there and, and making itself known, uh, I think can be the biggest asset. I think one of the things I love about Pope Francis so much is that he's constantly encouraging the church to get outside of itself, to get out, you know, to the peripheries, to the people and I think the days are over where we can just sit back in the church and, and expect people to come to us. We need to go out and find, you know, the lost sheep or the people that are, are wandering around who are lost. So, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing the church can do. That's what we have to do. Vincent, how long have you been
1: at St. Joseph's? One year. One year. Tyler? Uh, just finished my first year. Just finished. Would you do it again? Absolutely. 100%. percent no. mm mm-hmm. Okay. Gentlemen, it's been great visiting and learning a little bit more about the seminary, and if If you have questions, if maybe you've thought that God is maybe speaking to you about maybe taking that next step and finding out more, I would encourage you to talk to your local pastor or you can contact uh, Father Chuck Dornquist at the Diocese of St. Petersburg. Just go to DOSPvocations.org. That's DOSPvocations.org. Tyler Gates, Vincent Washburn, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, John. Thank you. And that's how we see it. Thanks for listening to today's program. This presentation and others like it
0: are made possible by supporters like you. If you'd like a copy of today's program, make comments or suggestions, and to help us keep this important programming on the air, visit MySpiritFM.com slash HowWeSeeIt.